Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sunday edition of Housing Information You Can Trust right here with the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Let's start off by wishing all the moms out there a happy Mother's Day. Truly, what makes the world go around, the people that run the world are the mothers. And I got to give a shout out to my mother, who is still in Florida, Helen Bridenstine. But uh, she raised six kids that uh, none of whom are, are in jail yet. So no, see, that's a yet. <laughs> that's a yet. <laughs> and I'll do the same to my mother, uh, Cecile Hodved, who raised four kids, and we are still all roaming the streets. Go figure. <laughs> so they must have done a great job in some way, shape, or form. And we are truly blessed to have them, aren't we? We absolutely are. Where are you on your list of siblings, brother? Uh, actually, one, two, three, four, five. I've got a younger brother. I would have had a younger sister, but, uh, mom had a miscarriage. Ah, you know, I, I would have had my sixth child if it wasn't for that. Um, however, I'm, I'm the youngest of four and, uh, and they'll still tell you, I'm still the most spoiled of all the children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, the, you young, get, you the youngest of, gets that. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of baby in you. <laughs> My my brother Pete's the baby in our family, and boy, you can just tell. Mom and Dad always, he was the favorite. Yep. Trust me, buddy. I was not coddled as a kid. <laughs> I remember calling thing. home one time, and Mom answered. I said, Mom, it's Chuck. And she said, Chuck who? <laughs> All my favorites are here. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. We hope everyone has a great day. And uh, for any moms that want to give us a call and ask any housing information, 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897. Good job. Thank you. Besides that, we're, we're going to be taking calls from our listeners because, let's be honest, without the listeners, this show is nothing. Yeah, I agree. We had a lot of really good callers yesterday, and thank you so much for the We uh, kind of had a side theme, and that was uh, garages and people who, who have garages, don't have garages, what garages mean when you buy or sell a house, what it means when you keep them organized or disorganized. And we'll continue with that list during the day today. You had some good information. Hey, I've got a, uh, I also want to talk about cleaning decks because there's some confusion as to everybody thinks you use a power washer and, and the, and we're going, no, 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 no. If you've got a good stain, a good finish on that deck, you might just use a mild detergent, some water, and a stiff bristle broom and rinse it. Chuck, yes. I, re I recently heard a professional deck builder recommend using a, quote, light power washer. And, and we want to reiterate, if you've never used a power washer, your deck <laughs> is not the place to start. Your house is not the place to start. <laughs> Because, you know, you can do so much damage. Hey, I'm here to say I've done it myself. You can do so much damage with a power washer. And there's so many variables uh, with the power washer, the size, the, the stream, um, how close you hold it to whatever substrate you're trying to clean. And you can do some serious damage. And this, this, this guy said he would recommend a light power washing on a composite deck. I don't, I don't, I don't think we would do that. I now I got to be honest. I actually do that, but I've used one for decades, as you know. Right. And I am really, really, really careful because you could damage it. I told you the story. I'm I'm laughing about a good friend of mine that you've met who was going to power wash his deck and got a power washer out there and actually hit the line, the pigtail that connects the air conditioning unit to the sub oh, panel no. out there and lit he was using so much power that he actually cut that which i can't even imagine that would laugh. be so disappointing oh my gosh i know and thank god nobody was hurt because somebody could have been like, but... <laughs> we've all been there whether we're working on a car we do something stupid and we know instantly it's going to cost us more time and more frustration. And we just kind of hang our head and go, who can I call? I don't want to deal with this. Who can I call? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So our recommendation, you got a good finish on the deck. It's just dirty. Start out with a dilute solution of warm water and Dawn dish detergent. Soak it down, let it set for a minute, and then take a stiff bristled broom that you might use on your garage floor. Make sure it's clean. 
and kind of scrub it and rinse it and see if that doesn't do it for you. No, that's a good idea. We always tell people, um, soak it like you soak pans in your sink. So we would tell people, you know, if you have a deck like that, take a sprinkler and put a sprinkler on it. Let it go on it for a while. Let it soak in and then do what Chuck said here. That always helps. Yep. Yep. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully a lot of listeners that have been writing us uh, emails about that very issue are uh, tuned in and, and going to try that first. I, I'm a big believer. Try the benign. You aren't going to hurt it. You aren't going to do any damage solution first. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And you can rent power washers. You know, so many power washers are, are what you say, Chuck, throw away prices nowadays. Man. And I remember in the mid-1990s when they first started to become available to homeowners. They weren't for years. A lot of damage happened we're going to continue talking mother's day we're going to continue talking about garages and continue taking your phone calls at 888-654-4897 but let's be honest if you need a new roof you don't even have to call us you just need to call victor's roofing to know that you're going to get a great system a great process a great product and great warranty victor's roofing Welcome back, everybody, and a happy Mother's Day again to all those fantastic mothers out there. You know, if you if you did a good job being a mom, then you, to me, are a genuine hero, uh, as opposed to a lot of the misused titles there. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to say that, it. Chuck, that's to talk about at break, not on the air. <laughs> I'm sorry. If the world had more good moms, the world would have fewer problems. And God bless the good moms. Same. Yeah. You know what? Totally agree with you. Totally agree. It's a, great, it's a great day. Make sure you honor mom today. And if you don't, shame on you. Uh, Chuck, we've so got a lot of questions. Did you do anything for your wife? I, I, I really hate to put you on the spot because you're such a schlep in that way. But, you know, I just thought I'd ask. No, I'm a schlep. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I was dumb enough to say in my youth when I was married? This ought to be good. <laughs> You're not my mom. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. People get wiser as they get older, don't they? And it's amazing what people don't forget. You're right. I bet your wife has not forgotten that. You know what? No matter how many Mother's Day since then, which has probably been 20, 25 since then. <laughs> no, she, I'm sure she hasn't. But I try to make sure I make up for it. Uh, you know what? You and I both married great women who take who are just the best thing my wife is, is a mom. She's just a phenomenal mother. And uh, what else could you want as a husband, as a father? What else could you want as that partner? There well, the you. only reason I had the courage to ask you what I did was because I took mine breakfast in bed this morning. Oh, big deal. Big deal. <laughs> big deal. Did you make it? Well, hell yes, I well, made it. <laughs> <laughs> or did you go out and buy it? What did you What did you take in, bread, in bed this morning? Uh, an egg and cheese omelet which she loves. Wow. You did I that. I, I can't, you know what? I, I, some people that look like you normally can't cook. <laughs> That's as much as I can cook right there. If I had made toast, it would have been the piece de resistance. But I Yeah, can't. right. Listen, I'm the, I'm the cooker in our family. My wife makes the meals. I make, you know, she makes the big meals. I make the quick meals. And uh, I, I cook for my wife constantly. So if I brought her uh, breakfast in bed this morning, she would tell me to leave and bring it back at around 10 or 11. <laughs> well, I actually should have done that. I have an MS certification. That's a microwave specialist. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that from MSU, Chuck? <laughs> hey, I, let's remind people. We're going to be doing something in a couple yeah. of weeks that we are excited about because we mentioned MSU and our buddy George. Um, George, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh, two weeks from now, we are going to have an education weekend. And we've been planning this for a while. We have talked to a lot of people. And yeah. uh, look, at we so much believe in the trades, the inside, outside guys, so much believe in the trades. We want to do everything we can to get more people into the trades because there is not a, a career path that I can think of that has more growth potential in the next century, Chuck. Than housing throughout the world throughout the world uh, i mean world. not just housing uh infrastructure anything yes, bridges right. roads sewers i mean you name it if it involves construction the world is in dire need of it so i agree with you and, and we get that proved all the time with all the emails and they start off i can't find i can't yeah. find i can't find i've called this many people i can't find 
And I can think of three or four trades that if I was 20 years old again or young again, I would go into and make a lot of money, do things Gosh. a lot different than I did back then. But boy, if I was some... 40, I'd probably do that. Yeah, you're right. I, I, you are so right. We are so excited about this industry. We love it to death. It, it, there are so many great career paths, so we're going to try to highlight those May 21st and 22nd, right? We are, and what we're going to make, we're also going to highlight is some of the jobs that don't take, um, that most of the jobs don't take a college education, but some of the upper ones, the um, construction management jobs, we're going to be bringing uh, people in to talk about that as well. Different career paths for different people all yeah. in the housing industry. Yeah, some that start right after high school and some that start after a master's degree. And we're going to try to hit that whole range with live interviews from friends of ours that we've met over the years that are actually teaching those programs yes. throughout the state. 100% agree. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are open. Hey, um, we probably should talk because despite the beautiful weather and the prognosis for this coming week, um, people are still going to have foundation issues if they aren't already. And we get questions on sump pumps this time of year. Do you recommend yes. battery sump pumps? Should I get a water driven unit? Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, I got to tell you, the water driven units are, are a fairly in, uh, expensive install which should be done professionally by a plumber. Um, but they're well worth it if they'll meet the need of a backup system, you know, in an emergency. Absolutely. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair. Someone like Foundation Systems of Michigan, they have that triple fail-safe backup system to where it's a regular sump pump, a water-driven sump pump, and additional backup sump pump. So you have three things that are going to... Uh, battery-driven. Yeah. Battery-driven. I'm sorry, battery-driven. Uh, sump pump and three things that it's going to take chuck do you remember the, the friend we had years ago that had a beautiful finished basement they went away on um vacation came home to about a foot of water in their basement literally ruined everything um, because it was down there so long and they fixed it had insurance claim got a backup sump pump and it happened again it happened again I within do. within a year or two and i felt so bad for the homeowners and then he went up and got the triple system and a standby generator. And actually, um, Foundation Systems of Michigan can supply all of those to you, to a homeowner. Yeah, and we really suggest that if you think that's an issue or you've had issues in the past, that you take positive steps in one direction or another to make sure you don't have that issue. Don't buy a cheap battery backup system, by the way, because if, if it goes for any period of time without being used, uh, the likelihood of the batteries being able to do what you need them to do is slim and none. Um, that system from S right. FSM is, it uses deep discharge batteries like you'd find in a marine application on a boat and they're expensive. But, but if you go out and buy those, you, you'll know why they are expensive, <laughs> but they work. You're right. You're right. And they've taken all three of those and put them into one that fits down in your crock and, I mean, I, if that doesn't work out in the way we we've had heard great results. One of the things right now, the ground, the groundwater, and Chuck, look out your backyard and put your waders on. Um, groundwater is saturated right now. Yeah, we're supposed to have a pretty dry week, which should help take care a lot of a lot of that. But a lot of people are asking about French drains, and a lot of people, a, a lot of people, and French drain people are not they're not the cure. For this okay they're just a way to help divert and get the water away from your yard your house your yeah. property faster and we've in the past we've had to recommend something like this some people who just have a negative grade or a very flat grade there's nowhere for the water to go and if you if you dig a french drain and there's not grade going to that french drain your your backyard's still going to be wet so there are ways that you can do a um, trench French drain that all dump into a sump pump crock somewhere in your backyard. Yeah. And on the wet days, you go out there with the sump pump, you put it in that crock, and you pump that water out and down your driveway into the street. Let's talk more about that when we get back and break. Yeah, maybe. there's some some additional alternatives. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. People look for alternatives with regard to how they're going to stay in their own house and safely clean themselves. Once right. a day, twice a day, whatever. 
and the faux products, the um, the products that Bath Planet have are absolutely beautiful and very reasonable price. That's why Bath Planet is the next presenting sponsor of the Inside Outside Guys. Good morning. Welcome back to the Inside Outside Guys. Laughing and learning 24-7 at theinsideoutsideguys.com. The Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. Anything you need during the week, and we mean anything pertaining to your home, go to theinsideoutsideguys.com, Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. Our phone lines are open. Give us a call. Any and all your housing questions, 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897. The French drain question. We. Yeah. People need to understand. Actually, we did an article on that probably eight months ago or more, but um, we'll have to reference that up on the website. But it it is a, a form of a detention area if you will all you're trying to do is direct the water to a place where where it can disappear and be out of sight out of mind and then slowly leach back into the soils and you've seen examples of this at gas stations and myers and home depots where they build a pond like that except it's it's exposed a retention pond sure yeah, and a lot of those are are what we call detention ponds because they're intended to catch the water and then slowly release it into an acceptable area. Yeah. Um, but they do build retention ponds as well where they literally are meant to hold that water until it evaporates, dries up, or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of times those will have a pipe at a certain level, and once that pond reaches that pipe, it, it disperses that water into maybe a river system or a street, county street. drain. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And what Chuck's saying, everybody, you can do that on a smaller scale as a homeowner, and you can't dig a big pond, but you can dig a a hole big enough for a catch basin there. And if you do this, make sure you cover it up when you're not using it. Very, very important this day is covered up. And keep that sump pump inside the house when you're not using it. And if your ground gets that saturated, that 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 little retention tank is going to fill up with water. Now, here's the key. A lot of jurisdictions will not let you pump water straight into the street. So how do you get around that? You pump it down your driveway. It really is that simple. They don't want to see the water, the actual hose dumping straight into the street. But if you dump it further on back in your driveway and let it gravity down to the street, most jurisdictions are okay with that. Yeah. That's why. And hopefully if you do that uh, intelligently, it, it stays in the curb and gutter and doesn't, you know, create a hazard out in the street, which is the biggest thing. You don't want to create any hazards. Um, and we'll talk about drainage swales too as we move forward but uh should we go to the phones partner no that's a great that's it there's a lot of different ways to take care of this um yeah 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897 let's talk to dave in maumi ohio good morning dave you're on with the guys good morning i have a uh a, a sub pump issue i removed the um the sump pump discharge from the sanitary system and I'm pumping it out to the backyard. My backyard is now wet and I'm thinking of rerouting that out to the street. Uh, that's going to be a fairly big project, but I, with the water going in the backyard, everything's got become soggy. Um, sure. If I run a front strain, fresh strain to the street, uh, how deep does that have to be? Well, here's the thing. If you're if you're actually going to run a French drain, actually a buddy of mine is doing this at his daughter's house next week. He's digging a trench. He'll put a fabric down in the bottom and sides of that. He'll put stone in there. He'll put a sleeved pipe in there. He'll put more stone, wrap the fabric over the top, and then put sod on top of that. So it'll literally disappear. And that pipe is going to end up going to a low area 400 feet away. And chances are the way he's building that, water will never even get to that low area because it'll be absorbed by all that surface area in the French drain that he's building. So long answer to your question, uh, by the time the water gets there, it may dissipate into the ground uh, around the system you're building. So so there isn't a set 
depth that those need to be at. We, no. I mean, if it was my backyard and my backyard was pretty lava, I would probably do it around 18 inches to two feet. And at that point, if you do the key, what Chuck was saying is the drainage. If you want, if you put an inch down and then put the uh, tube and sock, you're not going to have very much luck. If you put a foot down, then put the tube and sock and, and felt there, felt, I'm sorry, you're going to have a lot more success. Um, it's very important where you set that actual drain pipe. Yeah. And the volume. So as an example, my buddy's using an eight inch mini hydro for the trench. So he's going to be excavating an eight inch wide trench, yep. two feet deep. If you calculate the volume of that over a hundred lineal feet, I don't know how far it is to your front yard, Dave, uh, you might find that the entire volume you're pumping out of your basement sump pump will fit in that trench. I mean, again, it, it may not even get to the street. Okay. What, what kind of fabric do you use? A landscape fabric? Yeah. Yeah, you can. They actually make what they call a filter fabric. Um, but yeah, it's, either, it's so either close. work. Yeah. yeah, it's and you can find those any landscape supply, any big box store. They usually come about three feet wide, which is almost perfect for what you're what you're looking for. Okay, does that help? I better check the city. Yeah, I got to check with the city and see if I can dump into the street. Yeah, I don't have a driveway. <laughs> we we both winced when you said that. The city because they may not allow that, but but doing the French drain may alleviate the issue anyway. So maybe I could run that in the backyard. You like could run I just, it in the backyard. You could snake it around your property. You could do, you can run it anywhere you want. The idea is to get it off the surface so you can enjoy the surface, right? I would run it till I had right. good grade going away from my house to the street. That's where I would run that hose to. Okay. Yeah, as long as they as long as they're not gonna come and tell you to you know. Well, like I said a minute ago, you know, some jurisdictions will will won't let you take that hose all the way down and drop in the street. But if you move it up your driveway about 20, 30, 40 feet. Yeah. But what about January when you're pumping water out of there? <laughs> That's be true. Pumping water on your driveway <laughs> and turns into ice, you know, hey, that, hey. <laughs> that fight doesn't city, work. Fight city hall. I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> Dave, hopefully that helps, sir. Okay. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. Let's next talk to Bob in Rochester. Good morning, Bob. You're on with the guys. Good morning, guys. How are you? How's everything going? Good, sir. How can we help you? Good. Well, um, I've just got a I've just got a suggestion, and it popped into my head when you guys were talking about uh, the three way sump pumps, which I think is an excellent idea. Um, unless you've got well water, which I'm not sure. You know, if you don't have a backup generator. But aside from all of that, my suggestion would be, and that's what we have at the house, is a is a water sensor tied into our uh, our alarm system. So if if something does God forbid if something does uh, uh, fail and we start getting water in the basement, at least I'll know it before it turns yes. into a foot, you know, and that's just my, my thoughts. So I have water sensors. We have, oh, Lord, we have three different houses, three different sump pumps, three different batteries, yada, yada, yada. And, and so I've got, I've got a leak sensor in each of them. So anyway, just, so, my, so just my suggestion. Bob, what kind of sensors yep. are these sensors that are set around the basement? Or are they actually sensors that are connected to your sump pump or to your water lines? Okay. Well, the sensor is actually a water sensor that's tied into my uh, into my uh, security alarm. So if if any water overflows, and I'm sure there's probably a better way to do this, but it's the way I'm doing it now. If if the power goes out. If uh, and of course we've got a well in all these places. If if the power goes out, I'm not going to have well water if I don't have a backup generator, and uh, I can't afford to put a backup generator in three places. So, uh, <laughs> bottom line is I rely on the battery, but those batteries are only going to last for, you know, so long, especially if we're getting a lot of rain. So I just this is tied into my my uh, my security alarm, my my uh, burglar alarm. So that if, if it gets damp, I get a, I get a message and through, through, uh, through my phone and also through the security uh, outfit, and they'll let me know that there's something going on at the house. So I can at least 
have somebody go check it out and see what they can do to fix it. We're going to talk about your call when we get back from, from break, Bob. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. All right. Yep. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Chuck. We're starting to get some emails. People are starting to see some critters around their house, ants, some, not going to mention spiders. They're starting to come out. (laughs) Yeah, they are. (laughs) If you have this issue, Rove, R-O-V-E, pest control can come out. They can evaluate the situation. They can put together a very affordable plan to get rid of those pests and keep them out finally. That's Rove, R-O-V-E, pest control. With over 80 years of combined housing experience, the inside-outside guys needs to be your one and only avenue for any and all of your housing needs. A minute ago, uh, Bob from Rochester called and I asked a question about um, the detection he has, the leak detection. And there's a few different kind of leak detection systems out there. Obviously, there's the one that's running the sump pump that Chuck and I were talking about. But there are also a couple out there, one that will connect right to your... Um, your plumbing system, literally, you, you, like you're tapping into one of your copper pipes, you screw it in, and it'll be able to tell if that your water system loses any pressure whatsoever. So if you start getting a leak anywhere in your house, you might not be able to see through an app that you download on your phone. It will alert you. And do you remember you, the one Dave Campbell put us on to where I do. it literally becomes programmed to your usage so if your usage suddenly increases, it'll send you a notice. It'll send you a note, yes. Also, there are sensors you can put out throughout your basement on the floor or up on the wall of your basement. So if it detects any water coming up onto that, you're going to get an alert on an app. And let's make one other thing clear, which we have made clear, Chuck, when we talk about the triple backup systems. To have the um, the water backup system, you have to be on a municipality. You have to be on a um, you cannot be on a well, if that's uh, safe to say. But listen, with all the technology today, Chuck, there's no reason that if someone gets a leak or water in a basement, they should not be alerted right away. I, I tell the story back in 1999 when my wife and I went to um, Branson, Missouri with the family and a big storm it was in January came up through where we were at. It was ice. By the time it got here, it was snow. And I remember being down there and calling the house every 20 minutes just to hear the answer machine pick up. So I knew that I had power. I didn't have to call somebody out to, to take care of it. Isn't there's that no, funny? Who no even more has doing an that. answering machine anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an answering machine. There's absolutely no more doing that. Taking your phone calls at 888-654-GUYS, 888-654-4897. Let's talk to John in St. Clair Shores. Good morning, John. You're on with the guys on WJR. But no, I have to call you back. Hello? Yeah, well, this John, is John from St. Clair uh, oh. Township, Michigan. I'm calling to see if you uh, have any handymen in my area that you would recommend. I caught the tail end of the show yesterday, but uh, I live out here, and as I've gotten older, I need uh, you know somebody that actually knows what they're doing because I don't. And uh, is there anybody in my area that you guys can recommend for me? I, I use Ken. <laughs> I don't go out to St. Clair Shore, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a pen handy, John? I do. It's St. Clair Township, Michigan. Oh, oh, I and got I you. And I do have I a pen. I got you. A good friend of ours, Jimmy Quain. People have heard him on the uh, stage for years who does the ICFs, the Insulated Concrete uh, Forms, has a son-in-law okay. that, I, that I believe lived in Idaho and married his wife and married his daughter and moved here. So his, his area code's a little different, but he is local. And his name is Eric, E-R-I-C, Kovacs, okay. C-O-V-C, I'm sorry, K-O-V-A-C-S. Okay. And 208-219-3782. Yes. Okay. So give him a call. He should be able to help. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for your uh, service and your uh, great program. Thank you. Thank you. God thank bless you. you. Thank Bye. you for saying that. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you. Bye. So warn everybody, if you're going to be calling a handyman, be prepared to wait. Those guys are so busy. There's so there's too few handymen. There really are. But they Good are. Ones. 
good ones. They are extremely, extremely busy. <laughs> they are. Hey, we want to remind you, we're going to be taking your calls uh, right after the top of the hour. And then from 12 to 1 today, we're going to be talking with a good friend of ours for years, the owner of Pro Home Improvement, Tim Porcasi, who is he promised he's going to offer what I think is an unbelievable deal to any of our listeners that call and make a purchase from Pro Home Improvement. Yeah, we've we've known Pro. I mentioned it before. We first met Tim in 2010 at the non-existent Pontiac Silverdome, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a great place for a home show. But that's the first place we met Pro Home Improvement, and they've been a team partner ever since. And they do great work. We get great, great calls from them. Chuck, yeah. we get a lot of emails um, uh, this time of year about the, the roofs and the moss on the roofs and the mildews on the roofs and the streaks on the roofs. And I want to give people some advice. Some of those older roofs, they have a lot of moss built up on them. They probably have a tree hanging over top of them so the sun doesn't get to it or what it may be. Shame, shame, we, shame. <laughs> we talked about power washers earlier. Yeah. And, and people may say, no way, but way. People will go up on their their asphalt shingles, and they'll hit it with a power washer. They'll, they'll literally, you know, they, you got to think. <laughs> if anyone's ever seen the granules at the bottom, especially when you get a new roof, people need to be used to this. When you get a new roof for a couple of years, you're going to see granules at the bottom of your, your downspout. Those come off naturally. If you really want to put a power washer out there and knock off those granules, Chuck shaking his head no. <laughs> that is the protective surface and, of course, the color in the shingle. Right. So, you know, you you use a power washer that digs those off. You might as well just call Victor's Roofing or Kearns or Kanga or somebody because you're going to need a new roof. Yeah, yeah. We so A lot of that stuff, if you let that moss and mold go there long enough, it'll actually plug up some possible leaks. And once you power wash that stuff off, you could have a, a bigger mess on your hand, unfortunately. Uh, once so, you let it go that long, you know, use one of the products we talk about. Um, you could gently take a, a broom or something, but again, we don't recommend most people get on the roofs anyway. So I'm glad you said that. I'm glad yeah, you that, said that. That's John, the other issue. John just mentioned something you and I are, are, are dealing with, you know, Chuck, in my career, mm -hmm. I was up and down ladders, like, <laughs> like a monkey climbing a tree. I mean, when I yeah. was younger, I, I, there wasn't a roof I wouldn't go on now. No, I'm not going on any roofs. I mean, if it's not a, a very easy pitch and maybe a ranch style, I'm not going <laughs> to go me. on it. Um, hire the professionals. We hear all the time homeowners going on ladders and getting hurt. Please hire a professional. I want to remind you, we're going to be here taking your calls after the top of the hour. We want to hear from you. 888-654-GUYS. Speaking about not going up on your roof, hiring a professional. <laughs> Let's talk about one of the biggest professionals in the roofing industry in Southeast Michigan who's probably replaced more roofs than any other company out there. And that company is Kearns Brothers. InsideOutsideGuys.com all week long. And today, for the next hour anyway, 888-654-4897. We'd love to hear from you. So let's see, before we went to break, we're talking a lot about leaking water. We're talking about French drains, trying to solve the French drains for home, the water issues for homeowners all over Southeast Michigan and Michigan in general. Um, Chuck, I think the sump pump idea is for, for a lot of people, a last resort idea or a last resort. What do you um, mean by the sump pump idea? A sump pump in the backyard, digging a, digging a, uh, Oh, actually putting a permanent concrete cistern or something yes, in the ground? Yes, is a permanent idea. And you mentioned berms earlier before you went to break. Swales. Swales. I'm sorry, swales. Talk about that for a second, would you please? Yeah, um, and we've done this very successfully. Uh, we're, it's very rare that your yard is perfectly level. It may appear to be level, but if we go out there with a transit, we can probably establish that you have some fall somewhere. And it doesn't take much fall to drain water. So what we've done in the past with people is, is suggest what we call drainage swales. And a swale is a shallow ditch. Uh, it can be so shallow you don't even notice it in your yard once the grass has grown. But it will channel water from a place you don't want it to a place that it's acceptable to take it. 
Um, and sometimes, it, you know, building those those drainage soils is the best examples. We saved a good friend's, oh man, I, he spent $50,000, $80,000 on a building in his backyard and didn't provide for drainage around it. And he literally was in jeopardy of losing the foundation, the floor. I mean, just spending a lot more money to fix it. And all we did was shot a couple grades, um, built a couple small drainage swales around it. Now, when it rains like crazy, even if, even in heavy melt situations, you can go out there with a camera and shoot pictures of the water being diverted around that building. And it's not that tough to do. The key is you have to have some kind of grade. And, and you mentioned a transit, which for, for lack of a better word, people is what we call site level. Um, boy, they've come a long way over time, have they not? I remember dialing them in, you know, someone holding a, um, uh, a tape measure, you know, 100, 100 yards away and going off that. The laser ones now are absolutely amazing. And my whole, my whole yard, Chuck, is one big swale. You know, water hits my yard. I see it coming away from my house and down the hill in front of me, and it swells right down <laughs> to the retention pond behind the house. It really does. So, hey, taking any of your phone calls, phone lines are open. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. You know, one question we didn't really answer earlier that we asked, so is it a better value for people to have the triple backup system which is is pricey. It is, or to invest in maybe a sump pump that um, you know supplies limited circuits in the house, or not a sump pump. Excuse me, a generator, standby generator. Well, now you're a perfect example of this because there are some people like yourself that your sump pump hardly ever runs. Correct? Can I've never been called perfect. That is so nice to hear. Thank you. <sighs> Wow. I didn't, I did not mean it that way. And it figured that you would take oh. it that way, but either way, you know, <laughs> um, some, it depends how much water volume you get through your sump pump. And I mentioned before I had a neighbor yeah. that was so close. I mean, I bet there's some pump, you know, if the houses weren't there, we're probably within 50 feet of each other. And their sump pump ran all the time. My yeah. sump pump never ran. So where they would need that triple backup system and maybe possibly more, I wouldn't. I kept a, a standby sump pump on the shelf next to my next to the sump pump. So if it ever went, I just switch it out That's quickly. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. Same thing here because I'm on such a grade. I don't get water. My basement is very very dry, and my sump pump very rarely runs. So I have a sump pump just standing right next to it. Um, this is up to the individual homeowners. If you are constantly hearing your sump pump going off, you definitely want some kind of backup system. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. 100%. 888654 guys, give us a call. Let's talk to Carol in Livonia. Carol, how you doing? Well, we're okay, but a little bit upsetting to find that you were egged on your house that you've lived in for over 40 years. So, how do you get it off of like, like the siding? Um, right now we got some on the screen, which we're going to figure that out, but we're on how to get it off the siding. I, what, but about, what type of just open, go ahead but it, bill do we have vinyl it's vinyl siding right aluminum no it's aluminum siding and we had this okay. kind of painted last year on top of it when you know it the whole house painted and we've been trying soapy stuff and my husband mentioned goof off and what i found after it got really wet and soapy my fingernail and i'm trying to be careful is, is getting some of it off it's coming off like scrambled eggs in my, exactly. my fingernail yeah you know, we would well, obviously the paint is a situation, um, but I, Ken and I love Dawn dish soap. And oh, you Dawn can use dish it, soap. Yeah, you can use it in any concentration. The, the key with, with egg, if it's already dried, is to try to, you know, create a poultice. I mean, I, 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 could, I could see uh, soaking paper towel with it and using duct tape to temporarily hold it on there till it got so soft you could gently scrape it off i mean that would be one way to save the siding and the paint we'll continue the subject when we get back from break carol feel free to listen in we're going to go ahead and make this uh, <clears throat> next segment brought to you by window world 
Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. We want to remind you the phone lines are open, 888-654-GUYS or 800-859-0957 if you choose. <laughs> Going back to Carol's call from Livonia who got egged by some rotten kids, no pun intended. Um, like we say, every time something like this happens, people want to clean, clean their siding, their brick, whatever it may be. Whenever you use... You don't have to use it on that specific spot to start. Go to a very um, unseen, maybe behind a bush, behind the house. and Obscure. Obscure. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Chuck. Um, area in your house and, and use that product there first. One of the biggest mistakes people make is they want to pay attention to the the front of their house, the, the prettiest part of their house first because they're so excited whether – you know, if they're painting or whatever it may be, always start cleaning, always start painting, always start doing things different on the area where people are not going to see. Therefore, um, if you get to the front of your house, you'll know what you're doing. You'll know that product works just fine. I agree with you a thousand percent. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are open. I want to remind everybody, if you're looking for a gift to give your mother that will keep on giving, one of those things might be a remodeled bathroom or kitchen. But, man, don't bring anybody in there that doesn't know what they're doing and give her a half-baked job. Kopke Remodeling and Design. Just just go to their showroom on Van Dyke between 16 Mile and 17 Mile, and you'll see everything you need to see when it comes to remodeling and designing a new kitchen and bathroom. We will refer them every time. We have absolutely known that company for years, and they do phenomenal work. Yeah, and they're turnkey. You know, they're gonna they're go. gonna take you from the very beginning of the project to the end and beyond. And that's what you really, really want. Think of it, the bathroom, your master bathroom and your kitchen are the areas of highest fit and finish in your house, the most expensive areas and the most valuable when you go to sell that house. Don't, don't let someone that doesn't know what they're doing do those kind of jobs. Hey, let's, let's uh, say one more congratulations, uh, Chuck, to our good friend, Michael Stoskoff, who is officially, officially retired from the Home Builder Association. <laughs> <laughs> get him out of there right Chuck? he's gone he's gone get <laughs> out you're out of retired. here he posted yesterday he got a patch i think he's going to put it on the back of his jacket it says retired not my problem anymore i respect that michael <laughs> and he's young enough and healthy enough to enjoy himself so yeah yeah godspeed good yeah. man have a great retirement mike and we look forward to, to working with uh, forest wall in the future it's going to be exactly a lot of fun and, um, we enjoy it eight at eight 654 guys let's talk to dan in pinkney good morning dan you're on with the guys hi thanks for taking my call no problem um i have a uh a cement pad outside of my garage is like really badly pitted is there anything that can be done to that to fix it or is that the kind of thing that you have to replace is it an individual pad like just one um, pad well, one pad it's a it's a big pad that's in many sections. That's that's what I mean. So are are the many sections pitting or just the one individual pad? Uh, many, most of it. Okay. I'll tell you, what I've always said about fixing pitting concrete, anytime you concentrate on just fixing the pit part of the concrete, the pits, and I've seen it, it just brings more attention to it. And un unfortunately, a lot of that pitting happen happens because of bad finishing. And we got we got an email this week, a lady whose porch she had put on two years ago is starting to pit and it has an overhang on it. And so it's nothing that she put on it. She's never put salt on it. So to fix those individual pits, not a good idea, not a good look. However, for people who have the budget, Motor City Floors and Coatings or True Tech Coatings is a phenomenal, phenomenal answer for what you're looking for. Okay, so the pits are like uh, many of them and like a quarter inch deep. Is this something that will cover that and fill it or? Yeah, yeah. What they'll do is they'll come in to repair those first. They'll repair those areas first, then they'll come in to put the coatings right on top of the concrete. And it looks it looks phenomenal, but there, there are overlays that you can buy from certain builder supplies, but they go over the entire um, slab, not just the individual pits. And like I said, again, unfortunately, if you try to, fix those individual pits it looks like your driveway has chicken pox it just 
It's not look good. Oh, and, and they tried to do that before, and it just didn't work out. So right. Um, then right. I've got another question. I've got uh, laminate flooring, and the spot between my entryway and where the kitchen is is separating. And we just bought the house a year ago, and they had it fixed a year ago. There was a little gap there, and they put just a little wedge in there to fill the gap. Well, the gap is now worked its way up to you know another three-eighths to a half an inch. Oh, my God. Now, when you say separating, what do you mean? Individual pieces are separating? Yep. The, the, right, in the, right in the doorway where the entryway goes into the kitchen, um, the, the individual boards are separating, and I can see the, you know, the padding underneath it. That's ridiculous. They had to have been saturated when they were installed because... The only way for them to shrink is to have been volume increased by moisture to begin with. Uh, foyer, what is it, five by five roughly, or is it a lot bigger than that? Uh, it's probably seven by 12. Oh, that's a good size area. I, You know, if it's me, I'm probably going to tear it up and replace it. I hate to say that, but... Yeah, that's the whole main floor of my house is this, uh, is this flooring, so... Yeah, is that a... I'm sorry, Ken. No, is ahead. it a laminate or a pergo? Uh, do you know what it is? Is it a vinyl uh, plank? It's that. It's that kind of. It's you know, uh, uh, manufactured flooring. You know, not not like a regular hardwood flooring, but a regular manufactured flooring. And I don't know. I think maybe they didn't anchor one side of it down or something, and it's giving it room to shift. Well, so it's is. not not supposed to be anchored. There shouldn't be. Um, what did they do? Shift. Yeah, sorry, Ken. What did they do the first? What did they do the first time when they repaired it? How did they repair it, Dan? So they cut wedges they and cut filled a, in the gap. They cut a wedge out of a out of a piece and and filled it in. Yeah, that ain't right. Let me ask you this: If you were to pop a piece of baseboard off in that area <clears throat> and look down. Would you see a big gap there that you might be able to use from both sides to, you know, wedge the material back together? You know what? I've never pulled a, a board up, so I, you know, I haven't looked at it like that. If you have the opportunities, you might be able to pop um, the parallel pieces of quarter round and baseboard off, and you might have a gap there that will allow you to maybe slowly wedge those, that whole floor system kind of back together, if you will. Uh, I, I assume it's a tongue and groove system if it's a manufactured. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's good. That's a good thing. Uh, you may end up um, brad nailing uh, a little bit of that in the middle, you know, if it wants to kind of pop up on you when you do that. But that might be one alternative. Now, to try to get some of those pieces back together, one of the ways we've done it in the past is take some duct tape, make it so it's a two-sided, roll it so it's two-sided tape, set it on top, put a piece of wood on top, and then you can take a nail or hammer and gently pop that wood and move those back and forth. That's one way you can do that. We'll continue to talk about this when we get back from break. In the meantime, Chuck, talk about a lifetime, lifetime product on your house. Rhino Shield had it done at my house many years ago. Still love the product. 25 year warranty for Rhino Shield coating on your house. We're going to make this next segment brought to you by our friends at Rhino Shield. 888654 guys equals 888654 Phone lines are open. We're taking any and all of your housing questions. Chuck, um, got an email this week. When hiring a roofing contractor, what are the few questions I should ask? I've got a... Oh, Dan still, I apologize. Dan still there. <laughs> Tell me, I can't... Dan, you still there, buddy? I am still here. I thought Dan, I thought Dan awesome. was left. Um, we were just talking off air. Um, wanted to make sure you understood what we were chatting about. Um, if that floor has been a good floor, otherwise, uh, notwithstanding the issues you're having, then there almost have to be some gaps 
under your baseboards and quarter rounds, and it had to be in, installed as a floating floor without any mechanical fasteners. So Ken and I are pretty certain that if you lift those quarter rounds and baseboards, especially that run parallel to the planks, you'll have gaps. Yeah, you'll have a big gap there, and you'll be able to drive those planks back together. And if it's a truly floating floor, you may be able to pick it, literally pick it up and reinstall it. Uh, do you have any spare material for that floor system? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Like what I mentioned earlier, a lot of times if you have a tennis shoe, you can just knock those things back into place with your tennis shoe. Sometimes if it gets harder, that was the tape idea I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay. But I think, and, uh, I think by the way, when you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. When when you went to break, when you went to break, uh, Rhino Shield came up, and you know that was something that I would have never considered, but the previous owner did it, and I'm telling you, the whites are white and the lines are sharp, and you know it really is beautiful. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. They're right in your area as well. Great company. So did, yep. did we did we answer your question, sir? Yes, sir, and uh, maybe Questions? I'll follow up with an email with a picture of it to you and uh, see if you have any additional thoughts. Please do. Thank you so Thank much you, for your time. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate it. You're welcome. You're Thank welcome. you. You're welcome. 888 Can I talk now, Chuck? Guys, the floor Can is yours. <laughs> hey, stick around, everyone, between noon and one, because we're going to be talking to Pro Home Improvement. And this week, we got a, a question from Kathy in Shelby Township that says ask for some questions when they're hiring roofers because they've gotten two estimates and they are $5,000 apart and she has no idea who's the right one to, to hire. And Chuck and I will always defer to installing contractor and warranty. One thing we just don't do, we can't do, we never talk prices on emails because it's such a moving target for us. Yeah. But when it comes to hiring a roofing contractor, Chuck, let's just talk real quick and you're gonna hear a lot of it from um, Tim Percassi, Pro Home Improvement. Yeah. My response to this woman is, is certifications. You know, whatever shingle they are installing, whether it's a certainty, whether it's a GAF, whether it's an Owens Corning, whether it's an Atlas, all of them have what's called a master shingler application certification, which means they are certified to install that shingle and the related products that go with that shingle. So if it's by a the manufacturer, by the manufacturer, thank you. So if it's a certain teed, certain teed wants to see all their products. They want to see uh, underlayment. They want to see ice and water shield. They want to see venting and they want to see their shingle. Therefore, they are confident they can, if it's all done with their products and all done correctly with their products, they feel confident to put that warranty behind um, that company where people make mistakes is they buy on price, on price alone. And there are a lot of guys that can open up a roofing company and go to a local big box store and buy, you know, one shingle, another underlayment, another- Potpourri. Uh, yeah, a potpourri, thank you. And that as a homeowner is what you do not want because Chuck and I, like I said, we always defer to installing contractor and warranty. And uh, you're not gonna get that warranty if you hire one of those companies. No, you, you can't. Yeah, they might hand you something that they call a warranty. It's funny, I agree with what you just said a minute ago. You gotta listen to Tim from 12 to one. Right. Because he he doesn't even use the word warranty, right? He uses the word guarantee. Sure. If that system ever fails, if it's due to materials or workmanship, I mean, if if a hurricane comes through, obviously he's not going to replace your roof. But if it fails because of workmanship or materials, he's going to come and take care of it. Right. Doesn't get any better than that. And that goes for any of our, our team partner. We have, what, five roofing yeah. team, team partners, and we trust them all, and we would let any of them put a roof on our house. We, we, we really would. Yeah. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. So the questions specifically you ask, 
do you use a system approved by the manufacturer of the shingle? And then next right behind that is, are your installers certified by that manufacturer? Then does the manufacturer supply a warranty as well as do you, the retailing installer, supply a warranty? And you want to have both. You want to have one. Tim, I know I will ask him this question between 12 and 1. Tim, if you put a roof on my house and I have a problem, who do I call? What's he going to say, Ken? Me. Yeah, Him. me. Buck <laughs> yeah. stops here. Me. That's, that's exactly. how it should be. Yep. Yeah. And, and that is huge. If somebody hands you this, yeah, well, if you call these people, they'll contact those people and they'll, they'll, they'll return a call to you in three and a half years. You know, it's like, you don't want that. Not only do, do, do the homeowner not want that, but the manufacturers don't want that. They don't no. want, you know, Good certain point. tea does not want their shingle going onto a roof that doesn't have the rest of the products with them. They, they want to guarantee warranty their materials they do not want them put nobody wins in the situation where they're put on wrong incorrectly so they don't want their name associated with that i yeah well done i agree with you a thousand percent and you and i have a good friend that that did that for years for certain teed and when there was an issue with the roof his job was to go out and find the source of the issue and uh, that issue sometimes might have been the installing contractor. It might have been the, a bad batch of shingles, whatever it may be. But just understand, people, these big companies didn't get big by um, by not honoring their warranties. Fair yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and anymore, a company like Pro Home Improvement doesn't want to deal with a company that won't stand behind them if they do it right. You're right. Because here's why. Yeah. Every month, all of these companies have their competitions. You know, um, if if uh, pros putting on certainty, every month they've got a rep from GAF or Atlas or what it coming to their door trying to get them to try their material. <laughs> yeah. But if they've had great luck with one certain um, product, they would be dumb to leave that product. It just would not make sense at all. No. So. It doesn't make any sense. They, the, that, that mutual loyalty is good for everybody over time. Absolutely. Phone lines are open, 888-654-4897. Chuck, have you ever had any experience with a pet fence? No. I'm trying no. to think. I don't think I have. No. No. We've had uh, a couple emails over the years, people asking about the pet fence and if they work and how do they work. And have you ever installed them? Yes, I have. Yeah, I, I, well, I, ins- I installed one for myself many years ago. I probably oh about an acre, acres worth. And the good and bad thing about it, I found at the time, the manufacturer instruction said you only had to put an inch or two below, you know, below, below the dirt. Okay. Well, you put anything inch two below the dirt, it's going to come up periodically where no matter where you put it. <laughs> so I remember eventually I wound up going around and digging a, a trench and, and doing what we talk about, surrounding it with a lot of pea pebble, and it never came up after that. But I did find them when, when you get the pet fences, whether you have it done by a professional or you do it yourself, you've really got to consider your dog. If you have a very hyper dog, one that loves to run, we don't want to, we don't want to see you throw the money away on something like that. Um, if you have a good trainable dog, Pet fences work better. We'll talk a little bit more about it. We get back from break. Okay, I'm buddy. curious to ask you a question about that. Yeah, it's funny though. You just referred um, Motor City Floors and Coatings to a guy that has pitting, spalling concrete, but it's otherwise stable and in great shape. Would that be your suggestion for anybody having the same problem? Anybody, especially with the 15 year warranty they put behind it, Motor City Floors and Coatings. We appreciate you being with us. We want to remind you a couple of things. During the week, you can get a hold of us for any housing questions you've got at InsideOutsideGuys.com. And we ask you to pass that on to other homeowners because a lot of people get themselves into bad trouble with bad contractors. Um, also, we still hear it all I know the it. time. We're still you getting are, emails all the time. Uh, we're going to work another hour here with a good friend of ours, Tim Porcassi, uh, the owner of Pro Home Improvement starting right after the noon hour, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we are. So that's going to be fun. And, uh, and the article, 
uh, this weekend in Detroit News Homestyle section. The future of housing. It's a great article. We want people to go take a look at it. Chuck, what is the future of housing? In your real quick, we ain't got much time yet. What do you think the future of houses and housing is here in the United States? I really think it's pretty much what we've been building forever. Um, the article suggests, you know. Uh, from the early 1980s, late 1970s, that we're going to build straw bale homes and uh, rammed earth homes and geodesic domes and all kinds of different things. But the truth of the matter is, I th I think uh, unless we are in you know the Southwest in an extremely impoverished area where there just isn't any other possibility, that we're probably going to keep building wood or steel frame homes, maybe concrete block, uh, out of cubes like we do today with sloped roofs on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I was telling you during break, I'm starting to see a lot more housing developments starting to go up in my area. And uh, we're going to start seeing that a lot more. And you and I in a couple weeks are going to be doing a show on education, help hopefully get more people into the construction and the housing business. Cause there's just yeah. so many different avenues today and a whole new one with, you know, renewable, renewable energy and, and clean energy that's a yeah demand will not be met in our lifetime for housing right. i i'm willing to put that out there without any reservation and in michigan one of the things that quite honestly is i don't think is good for the industry is we are adopting the national energy conservation code without modification now if we had lee schwartz on here our friend from the last many years that retired Lee would be angry. Lee would be fighting that. But what that's going to mean is higher costs for people because they're kind of they're kind of going to ram energy conservation down our throats with new houses. And nope. that's going to price a lot of people out of them. And I remember, I know you remember when these energy codes first became a subject whatsoever and people fought them, people fought I them hard do. just because of this reason. You give them an inch, they're going to take a foot. And Chuck, I wish they never would have... I wish I never, I don't like energy codes. I just don't, not for the individual because it still comes down to it's my house. If I want to build it my way and I want to pay more for energy, I should be able to. If it's not a safety issue. Yeah. Then, yeah, exactly. And and that's been the issue in the codes uh, from the industry's perspective is that these people that write the codes, basically a lot of them are manufacturers. You know, they're trying to get their product um mandated, if you will, by the code. And uh, if it's not a health, safety, welfare issue, it should not be in the code, period. It, just because those three issues are what makes the code. Yeah, but energy life. conservation has become such a big issue over the last, pretty much from the early 90s, even though we had energy codes before that. Right, right. Yeah, it became a big issue then. Here's a question for you, and I want a lot of other people to think about this. Do you believe a lot of homeowners are afraid to go to their local building department? Are a lot of homeowners afraid to, afraid to rely or call up and simply ask a question of their local building department? I would say yes. Isn't that sad? It is. <laughs> That's the only word I can think about it is sad. It is. Heck, if I didn't if I didn't live next door to our township supervisor, I'd kind of be the same way. You know, I'd call and lie about who I am and where my house is, you know, because it's like you don't want to be on their radar screen. That is exactly <laughs> it. Because if people don't want to be on the radar screen, but let's 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 say this. That that department was made, like you said a minute ago, to keep health, safety, and welfare for the houses that are built in that jurisdiction. And that building inspector, when he walks into your house, he is supposed to look at that house like he's buying that house, like he's going to live in that house for the rest of his life. And he's going to find any codes that are wrong. As a homeowner, don't you want that? I mean, if I, if I have a, a safety issue at my house, I want to know about it. Yeah, I mean, how do you just not say <laughs> yes to that? And by the same token, you know, it's, it's that old, it depends kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's sad that people are afraid of and intimidated by their local government when the reality is uh, they should be working hand in hand with the citizens they represent. 
in a good way, you know. Um, if I'm a good taxpayer, I maintain my property, you know, I do everything I'm supposed to do, then you should work with me if there's a problem, you know. We should not become antagonists. And I think that's the fear that you addressed a minute ago with your question. And, and you said it as well. If you're that person where you're afraid, borrow someone else's phone, give them a call. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being serious. If you're oh, that nervous about it, you know, borrow someone else's phone. Give them that advice. <laughs> yeah. Give, give them a call and ask them the question. You know, so many people are like decks. You know, if I get, if I put a deck on my house, is it going to raise my my taxes? In most cases, sure. no, it's not. But no. But people are afraid to call and ask that question because now – the inspector is going to be driving by my house once a day and seeing if a deck is starting to be built. Or they're, 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 they're starting built. to use drones to inspect properties and see if people have added on or built a shed or built a deck. And, and here's the thing. If you do something like that without a permit and it is not code compliant, they legally could come in and make you tear it down and start all over again. I mean, they can do that. They have that power. Sure. You know, so the alternative is always, yeah, is to go in and do it right the first time. There, there's not a builder worth of salt that hasn't had an inspector say, no, redo it. <laughs> okay. Or, or re, redo it this sure. way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people just remember what Chuck just said. That building department is there for you. They're, they're there for you to stay safe. And to me, if I need them, Chuck, I'm going to call them. I'm, I'm not going to be afraid. Um, those codes remind people the codes are minimum codes. So you want that minimum code on your house. I mean, we'd all rather have the maximum code, but the inspector, when he comes in, he wants to see it done a certain way. And as a homeowner, you should respect that. But you're right, Chuck, there needs to be a better relationship between building departments and uh, the citizens of that. You know what I used to do? And I still would recommend this. If my neighbor said, Hey, I'm going to have a deck put on, I would tell him or her, Go in, sit down, have a coffee with the local uh, building department head and tell them what you want to do and ask him or her what they're going to require. And never, ever, ever pull permits as a homeowner if you've got a contractor doing the work. Hey, stick around. We have another hour of a phenomenal team partner, Tim Percassi and Pro Home Improvement on the next hour of the Inside Outside Guys. <laughs> 